Yeah, welcome to episode 19. This is the Punch Podcast with Jabin, and we are getting close to the Battle of the Brothers, Nikita Zoo, Ben Horn, the Horton Pavilion. NoLimitBoxing.com.au for all the info, ticket details, full card. But we have had a few of the stars on this podcast. Plus, today, did you hear? Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome. Yeah, breaking news. There is a new fight named on the Zoo Horn fight card. And it was only, what, three weeks ago that he fought up in Brisbane as a heavyweight and was gassed, but he did a great job against Ben Hannett, and he's back. Justin Hodges back in the ring, and he is fighting uh, Jordan Simi. Now, I don't know a great deal about him, but he is like a YouTube uh, podcaster. There's a bit of already back and forth between these guys saying, please don't try and just be a Jake Paul. But... That is named, so another exciting heavyweight fight for that card as well. As I did mention, a few stars have swung by, so you can go check out all the chats from Nikita Zoo, Sam Goodman, now Ty Telford, and today we've got another one. He is a 4-0 legend, very, very good guy to chat to as well. Let's get him on. The Wanderer, Ricky Colosimo, welcome to the Punch Podcast. Thanks, mate. Good to be on. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, we're loving to have you too because there's a big fight night about to kick off. July 20, the Horton Pavilion. You are back on the big stage once again, how's that feeling yeah. for you? Uh, mate, it's exciting. It's been uh, it's been a while between fights. I um uh, I've had a couple of close fights where I was uh, I was scheduled to fight um in August last year against Jack Brubaker uh, and and did the full camp then and then the fight got pulled because of COVID. Uh, so I mean this this one now it's uh, it's exciting. You know, it's a, it's a great event and uh, no limit putting on some good shows. So it's um I'm excited for it. I was looking at your fights. You are four and zero at the moment, so I'm looking at the first two. You debuted in the states. Is that what happened? Yeah, I did, mate. I I, I went over there. I was actually on a um, it was a random trip. I was travelling the world, and I uh, I walked into Gleason's gym in New York, and um, Buddy McGirt was there, and he he used to train Arturo Gatti and about 15 world champions. Yeah. And um, I just went up to him and I said, mate, I said I'm here for a few days. I said, do you mind if I do a bit of pad work with you? And he goes, you guys put on the gloves now. He goes, let's do it. So then um, I ended up training with him for four days there. And at the end of it, we sat out and he goes, mate, you guys are too good not to be fighting. He goes, why don't you stay here and have a couple of fights? So then I, I ended up living in New York for six months and training out of Gleason's and had a couple of fights there, which was amazing. So your mates were all on a holiday and they're like, oh, where's Ricky? Oh, he's back down the gym just doing some pad work. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was actually doing a solo trip, so I was, oh, was right. l- lucky enough. I met up with different mates at different times, but I mean, um, at that part of the trip, I was doing a solo and uh, ended up being perfect timing for me. It's got movie script written all over it, though, doesn't it? <laughs> Mate, it was unreal. I was living in uh, in Bedside, which is um, one of the areas in Brooklyn, and uh, it was snowing when I was running. It felt like a Rocky movie, you know. Yeah. And I was one of the only white guys to fight on um, on one of the cards as well. So I mean. <laughs> That whole experience was something very different for me. Absolutely. And not having friends and family there, that's what would have blown my mind. A lot of the time, especially you for one, which we'll get to, you've got a massive supporter base. So when you're over there, you're in a gym you don't know, you're just popping up, I'm, I'm just on holidays, I may as well just go and fight. Like, that's not the norm. <laughs> so, yeah, really by yourself, how was that? Oh, mate, that whole experience was unreal. Like, I mean, after training, I was going down, sitting under the Brooklyn Bridge, having lunch most days and. uh I felt alone, but I felt also very supportive from everyone back home because everyone's like, 
mate, you were living the dream over there. It definitely felt like a uh, sort of movie screen sort of uh, feel to it, for sure. Yeah, in my head, I'm seeing you, yeah, grey tracksuit, beanie, bit of sweat. Hey, I'm walking here. Bit of that gig. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was quite funny. There was one night I was doing my sprints on, along the uh, streets in uh, Bedside and there was two sort of gangster American guys there and they were riding the push bikes. They were like, um, they're, they're like the Harley sort of uh, handles on them. Yeah. And I, I sprinted past them and then they uh, they started chasing me on the bike. And they're like, you fast, white boy, you fast. <laughs> and, uh, and and then they end up, we end up stopping and talking and they, they come along to one of my fights as well, which was good. Well, wait till they see your hands. If they, if they've seen your feet. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. So run me through your opponent. Ty Telford was on this podcast yesterday as well. So he's, he's ready to go. What do you see in him, which says, guess what? I'm taking your belt, the Australasian welterweight title. It's always nice to fight for a belt. So what do you see that's going to see it around your waist? Ty's a warrior. Like he's, he's definitely a, um, He's a strong opponent, tough guy, like comes forward with a lot of heart. But uh, what I do see is one-dimensional. And uh, he can box, but he, he's, a, like he's a fighter more than anything. And um, I've seen the best of him. And, and I was the one that actually asked for this fight. And uh, seen the best of him, I know I can beat him. Let's have a listen to what he thinks about you. I'm not saying this out of any disrespect. I'm fully confident in my skill. I'm fully confident in my ability. And I, I think I get it done. No problem come the 20th of July. So that's what I see. No probs. <laughs> you got a couple like of problems it. for him? <laughs> Man, no, it's good. Of course, he's confident. I'm confident. That's the way it should be. I mean, uh, these sort of fights is, is what makes um, Australian boxing exciting now. You know, I, th- I think we're going into a good patch in um, with boxing in Australia where the guys are actually, the top guys are, are starting to fight each other. And I think... Uh, uh, this sort of fight, even before it got announced, I had about 10 odd messages with different people messaging me from the boxing circle saying, I heard about the fight, mate, this this one's going to be an absolute cracker. You know, so people understand that um, uh, given that both of our styles, it's going to be a very exciting fight. How's training going? How are you feeling? Are you you're running at 100%? Mate, uh, tra- training's going very well. I, I did, um, I've had some amazing sparring throughout the camp. So, I mean, that, that's when you really test yourself. I did... Um, at Xander Zayas, who's one of the, um, he's in the weight division above me, uh, and he's one of the best prospects in the world from America. He's uh, signed to top rank. Uh, he was over here for the George Cambosis camp, and uh, he was going through most of the super welterweight guys, the heavier guys with ease here, and um, they called me up for sparring. And I went down and sparred him, and uh, him and his coach said, you've given us the best work we've had here. Would you mind coming into camp with us? So I, I ended up uh, maybe sparring him seven or eight times throughout the camp and made that that sort of experience that um, the sparring was pretty high level. So, was, I mean, I've had him and then I've done a number of rounds with Nikita as well. So I'm fully prepared for the fight, which will be good. How is Nikita to spar? He's, he's got some power behind those gloves, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a machine. When I sparred him, he had about eight kilos on me, but it was good fun. Like, oh, mate, I enjoy it, you know, so he... Uh, He's sharp, but I think uh, the level that you spar at, you rise to that level. So, I mean, taking on those harder challenges and sparring and that, yeah, it really does get you prepared for the harder fights and, and my weight, which uh, which this one is going to be. And the one with Xander, that was at George's actual gym, his private gym. How was it in that place? Because he would have been right in the storm of uh, preparations for an undisputed world championship. Yeah, mate, it was unreal. Like, that, that whole atmosphere, like, um, the vibes were awesome. Like, it was closed sessions, so there was only me and my coach that could go there. And, I mean, like, just around the whole gym, you had the huge sparring partners. George was watching uh, different people. So, was, and everyone gets into the sparring. Like, people, people get into a yelling 
wings, stuff like that. And it, uh, mate, the vibes were, it's like, all right, everyone's listening now. It was, it was, it was good vibes. It's a sport at the highest level, isn't it, in those rooms? Uh, mate, when you walk in, you're like, this is it now. Like, we're, we're here. This is, uh, this is what it's all about, you know. So it's, um, uh, it's exciting, you know, like w- when you sort of picture yourself fighting and that, you, you want to be surrounded by guys that are on the, on that same path or of that same sort of caliber or even higher. And, uh, being around that gym was exactly that. <laughs> then George drops a roller door and it's like, shit, I can't get out now. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on. <laughs> even, even fighting and sparring Nikita at Zoo Boxing Academy, even just the nostalgia of the sport and seeing the old Kostya photos and posters and you're just amongst that, that history and that authenticity of the sport that's what that, that's to me the my favorite part of it but just having that you know you're in it oh absolutely mate i, I remember me and my best mate we um we watched the uh Koshizu documentary many 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 years ago and when my mate saw all my story that i'd been thrown at uh, at the zoo gym in rockdale he messaged me he goes he goes well what a what a spin out that you're there now, <laughs> now sparring his son you know <laughs> yeah and you've been lucky in your venues as well obviously we spoke about your your two fights over in the states but the ones here in australia the star and then a stadium fight on the sydney super fight at Bankwest. so you're not doing things in halves are you well mate for me uh i, I pretty much uh like i'm uh, even taking this fight now like oh asking for this fight this, this i want to fight at the highest level in, in australia so it's uh, doing these big shows, that, that's what excites me. Like in, in America, when I fought, I was in a 10,000 seat arena. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I fought there and I was, I walked out, I'm going, this is what living is all about. You know, like you on the other side of the world, I was by myself and I was like, hey, this is, uh, it, it put goosebumps on me because it was like, this is, uh, something that not everyone gets to experience, you know. Yeah. And I can tell even just by chatting that you got that about you where you just love the challenge and you just love the, outside of the circle sort of living if that makes sense you, you're definitely uh running your own race yeah absolutely mate i think um too many people these days it's like we all just fit into the one box whereas yeah. i mean i've done the business and, and had the career and, and stuff like that so uh i've got that background behind me but I, I think the the boxing for me is more of a personal thing where it's uh you really set out and challenge yourself and it's Mate, not many people can uh, do professional boxing at this level. The amount of commitment that you have to have, you, you're training twice a day, six days a week, and then doing all the dieting, all the sacrifices, you've got to be a little bit different mentality to actually do it. You know? Absolutely. If I had a crack, you just hear me squealing and crying and <laughs> stop. <laughs> you had a bit of a health scare there for a while. What happened there? Yeah, mate, I, I, after my fight at the um, at the sale, because I came back after America and I said, you know, I want to have one fight here in Sydney. Um, and so I had that fight at the sale. And, and after that, I got to fight of the night and um, everyone was saying, mate, you gotta you got to have a proper crack now. So I, I made the decision then and there that I was going to uh, have a proper crack at the boxing and, and, and try to become one of the bigger names in Australian boxing. And so then I, I started, uh, actually, I was away in Bali and uh, I got a call to fight for a, for a title then. And so I, I came back and jumped straight back into training and I um, I ended up having an issue with my heart. I had a, I ended up in emergency in, um, in, a, in hospital and uh, I nearly didn't make it. So it was, um, it was quite scary after that. I didn't, I didn't box for probably about a year and a half, two years. I mean, I blew up to 87 kilos and uh, I couldn't even train or, or barely walk up the stairs. So it was, uh, it was quite a testing time for me, which is, uh, I look back on that now and think how far it's, I've come since then. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy, you know. Did they tell you what brought that on? Was it like 
the training or something bigger? Yeah, so well, well, what it is, I've got a uh, I've got a moderate blood leak in one of the valves, and yeah. um, and because I wasn't fit and I jumped straight, like I went from my my strength coach goes just go about sixty percent, and uh, being competitive, there was a young NRL <laughs> player in the course that we're doing, and I and I set out to beat him, and um, I went from zero to hundred too quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're back now. You're fit as a fiddle. You're ready to go, and you're ready to. Wear a nice little belt out of that ring come July 20, the Australasian World Awake title. I'd have it around my waist at all times uh, for the weeks leading after. Duck down to Westfield, just do some shopping, the whole lot. It's going to be a great fight, mate. Like everyone that knows me and that knows fight is like, mate, this is, uh, it's, it's built to be a cracker. So. Yeah, and you've got your hand in hospitality a little bit there too. Well, a lot, to be honest. So do your pubs and clubs or whatever you you got running there get behind you, put it on for the nights? Because you've got like quite a big supporter base too. Yeah, mate, I, I think uh, outside like the big names in the boxing, I think I've got one of the biggest supporter bases is uh, in Australia and it's um uh, at the pubs there. Uh, a lot of people go down and, and watch, so it uh, should, should be good. They've got one of the sports bars there, and um, a lot of people heading down there to watch the fight. So. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing how elusive and how dangerous you can be. Now, prior to this podcast, we spoke about a mutual friend of ours, and uh, he did mention to me early on that when you guys were at boarding school together, everyone used to put towels on their hands and punch on, but you would never do it because you'd just beat the shit out of everyone. Uh, is that a memory of yours? Mate, we, we did. We used to have a thing called Fight Club, and... Um, <laughs> And, and I think I, I, I did one the first time, and uh, and after that I'm like I'm not doing it again because it's uh, I had an unfair advantage because I was going away doing the boxing then as well. So it's <laughs> it good memories there. That's mental, and I can imagine the teachers. What is that noise? Ah, oh, it's the entire dorm just punching on. Maybe. It was it was such a ruckus. The the amount of um, sort of uh, guys that got hurt in that from it, but it was uh, we we all used to have bets and, and people used to talk a bit of smack and then and then punch it out. It used to be quite funny. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, as you said, you've sparred Nikita. He is facing Ben Horn July twenty at the Horton Pavilion, which you will be on that undercard. How do you see the main event playing out? Nikita, in my opinion, Nikita is uh, too strong. I, I, I think it'll be. Uh, I mean, Ben seems like a tough guy, but I think Nikita's just uh, he's too sharp, too strong, especially with his style. He's, uh, I think he'll try to go for the kill early. His fights so far have been one and two rounds, so he hasn't had much time in there. Do you see it going the same again, or do you think we might actually pass round three for once with Nikita? I reckon it'll be done within a couple of rounds, personally, but uh, you never know. Ben's a tough guy, as yeah. I said, so uh, good luck to him, but uh, Nikita's pretty strong, so it's, um, if it clips him, it's, he's, he's going to be in a bit of trouble. We look forward to seeing that. We also look forward to seeing the Wanderer. <laughs> Mate, I'm excited. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it, and I appreciate everyone for the support as well. Thanks, Shavin. There you go. You can check him out on his Instagram. Give him a follow, Ricky underscore Colosimo. You can keep up to date with all things The Wanderer as he gets his way through this uh, boxing career, which has been looking pretty damn good so far, right? And as we did mention on this episode, there is a new fight named only in the last 48 hours on this card as well. Justin Hodges is back for a heavyweight bout against Jordan Simi. Jordan looks to be putting in the yards at the Bondi Boxing Club as well, full of sweat and getting into it and getting ready for what's going to be, I'm assuming, maybe four 
two-minute rounds. I'm guessing that, but I, I don't know. It'll be something like that. But regardless, it'd be good to see Justin Hodges back in action again with, what, only three weeks rest. So that it's going to be a good night. That card getting even better and better. And the headliner, Ben Horn, he will be facing, as we know, Nikita Zoo. But Ben is going to be on this podcast in the next couple of days. So keep it right here. And if all things go to plan as well, I'm working on a major, major international superstar. So I'll keep you posted on that. I don't want to put it out there in case for some reason something happens and it doesn't come off. I've had confirmation, but I haven't got it yet. So we'll keep you up to date on who that is the second it drops. I'm hanging for that one. That is the Punch Podcast today. Jump onto Apple Podcasts, jump onto Spotify, like it, leave comments, do all that stuff that you got to do or can do because it really does help out this podcast and it goes a long way. So thank you very much for those that have. And if you can, it only takes 30 seconds. All right, that's me out of here. The Punch Podcast is done. (laughs) 